Welcome back guys to Live the Clock with Yuvan and Jihan, the podcast where we talk about life, death and everything in between. How's it going guys? Today we have a beautiful guest with us. We're going to welcome Hilmi. Hello guys. Hi everyone. Hope everyone's having a good day today. Welcome welcome Hilmi. We're so happy to have you on the show. Uh for the for the listeners who don't know who Hilmi is, Hilmi is my friend back from ADP. Um we we have we have, we have gone quite a long way quite and uh, <laughs> uh yeah we, we started adp together in the same semester and uh, after two years he went off to the us i went off to canada we have still remained friends we remain in contact and uh, yeah we have, we have learned a lot from each other and we're glad to have you on the show hilmi and uh, thank you thank you? you really glad to be here guys so uh you went yes how much do you know about barbering <laughs> Well, I I know I know you go in. They put on a cape on your front. You sit down. You get a cut, and you leave. And that's as much as I, as barbering goes. But but interestingly, when I was doing my A levels, uh, I took English as a module. And what they taught us was like there's a form of conversation that goes between a barber and uh and the person getting a haircut, where the barber has an informational advantage over the. person getting the haircut so that's why there's sort of an intimidation that the individual gets when they sit at the barber and when the barber's trying to suggest the cut or when you're trying to explain it to him because you don't want to come off as like being stupid and not know what you're talking about oh. yeah. so that's the only other thing i know <laughs> that, is, that is that is very true that that is very true so um if i may start um again to introduce myself my name's hilmi everyone so i am a two year in um hair cutter i wouldn't really label myself as an official barber yet you know though a lot of people do call me that and i think by this point i can you know so i'm a two year in barber um i did my uh, barbering school my barber basics in others barbers in uh, usj and um from there i went to work in a few establishments you know before that i actually worked in one establishment as a cashier intern in that sense and um before that i didn't know much you know about all this like what you said all i thought a bar like what being a barber was was just going in cutting someone's hair and they walk out you know that's like the basic thing you know but as i was getting into my barbering school you know you really got you know my mentor uh, lex low uh he made a syllabus out of it literally you have a to z what you're supposed to do you know so and the first thing you should do is consultation like what you were saying a barber has an advantage you know you have your experience you have your knowledge uh, like me i spend a lot quite a lot of my time actually on uh, social media platforms looking for knowledge uh, looking at youtubes uh, looking at instagram videos there's actually a lot of free access knowledge here and there that once you understand a certain basic of something you know uh, you will be able to see it and not copy it but you'd be able to absorb it like a sponge you know and starting with consultation i i would say i'm quite good at it a lot of people say i'm quite a social guy i'm quite a talkative guy and i have you know i i kind of like to calm people down you know like let them know it's fine man you can just sound stupid you know i you guys wouldn't believe how many clients i have that just get so scared man you know that that uh one haircut is i would we sometimes call different names one session one cut you know there's a lot of different terms people call that but um usually my clients call it you know sessions so we take about usually three sessions you know two to three sessions to really warm up you know that first time a client is never the most comfortable you know you can feel they're always tense you know when they sit down and 
even when you put the cape and all and you ask them to move their head they, you know it's still rock rock uh, rock solid mm-hmm. you know i would say it gets quite hard and even sometimes the talking parts you know it takes a while with the consultation too first because not everybody is talkative you know not everybody will, will tell you what's on their mind you know oh bro i want it like this like that you know some people will really just sit down and say hey bro anything lah you know and and that's <laughs> that's good if you're new you know i would say you're like oh shit i i can do anything i want man no 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 bars no holds back you know but once you once you get into it and you learn a thing or two you learn the basics and all you do want oh, i want a specific style i want to practice on you know like mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, barbers, we have more knowledge and experience. At one point, barbers would have a certain specialty in their cuts. You know, like me, I like to cut more classic styles. I like to cut more medium lengths. You know, you have longer palms and all. But most people, that they would like a short clean fade. They would like a buzz cut or, or things like that, especially in America, you know, where I am now. It, a lot of a lot of people here are just so used to having like very high high fades and all. Some that don't even suit them, you know. And like you said, that's where we come in with our experience. And when you see, you know, there, there's a lot of play in, in a haircut, you know, other than uh, the height of the fade or what type of fade and also the head shape, which a lot of us Asians, um, doesn't matter you're, you're Chinese, you're Malay, you're Indian. And, you know, as long as you're in the Asian continent, you know, we have a, we have a head shape, you know, it's either circular or... There's, there are bulges that goes out or goes in, you know, that's just, if you feel on your head, I'm sure, you know, anybody, anybody would kind of feel that. If you have a flat one, like me, I have quite of a flat, uh, a flat uh, side head shape, but there are still other kinks that I would have, like my super straight hair that can never be styled for more than two hours. It would just go back to this <laughs> original straightness. Jihan knows, he's seen me do my hair and then two hours later, it just poofs back down, you know, that's my max. Two hours that's not very long guys it's, it's a sad life <laughs> for a bubble like me and even even that was a reason why i became a bubble um back when i was in high school i used to style people's hair so i used to buy a lot of products i used to style uh people here and there during uh, we had performances concerts so i would try with guys hair and all and most guys at that age would not really know how to do their hair you know they just put in gel sikat one side, bro, habis, bro. Oh, shit. Lah, bro. It's done. Oh, man. Well. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to walk know. away now. <laughs> <laughs> not, 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 not to shoot at anybody, but if the shot hits, the shot hits, lah, bro. Like, bullseye, you know. But, um, yeah, and so I think um, if any of you know uh, Joseph Andrews Blumann, uh, he, he is a hair vlogger, hair YouTuber, and he also started his, his product, uh, Original by Blumann, and a few other collaborations along the way. I actually watched, I started watching Blue Man. I was one of the few that started watching his first few videos in his, in his college room. You know, when, when he just had the room and all that, that's where I was. So I was at the start with him. And I would say he's sort of my inspiration till today, you know, seeing someone like me in a college room, just trying to do something. And now he owns three HQs, you know, one in, one in LA, one in Canada and uh, one somewhere else, you know, and he's a multinational, you know, worldwide pro- worldwide known product you know a lot of people know his product and and buy and trust it you know and he built the rapport over the years you know he didn't build it slowly i saw the views go from 10 to 20 to 50 to 100,000 and, and now you know it, it's, it just skyrockets you know and um, to see that you know i got into hair at that time you know and i realized i was asking for things like pompadours and whatnot and 
when I was, you know, where I was cutting, I'm uh, from Labuan, not too many people at that time, you know, do a lot of fades and all. I, uh, a lot of people were doing undercuts. A lot of people were doing uh, fringe style. This was the Justin Bieber era, the little <laughs> bit of history for people, you know, back in the day. I'm sure, you know, all of you remember if the girls are listening, you used to see the boys flip their hair, turun tangga lah, beli, pergi kantin, beli benda, ada angin. You all don't lie to me, man. I'm sure some of you did it. I'll, okay, I did it. Okay, I'll, I'll just be honest. Right here, I was right just now, waiting for that. He was foreshadowing, foreshadowing. Okay. I, I did it. <laughs> well, well, when we're living this in the back, okay, the past is the past, guys. Everybody makes their hair mistakes for a time. Okay, it was the trend. What can you do, man? You know, I was, you know, sometimes people did say, you know, people were like, Justin, oh, wait, no. So, you know, they, they thought, you know, they thought it was me. But, uh, yeah, it's the hair. So, and, and at that time, I kind of realized, yeah, this suits me because I have super, you know, straight Chinese hair because I'm also half Chinese. And I got, I sadly got that gene. You know, it's, I'm one of the only ones in my family that got this. You know, it's kind of sad, but you live with what you have, you know. And um, I, I tried to do pompadours and all, and I it was challenging for me because I have a weird, you know, if in a barber term, I have a weird crown where my hair starts growing and it, it just sticks out everywhere. So I really have a hard hair to cut, you know. Like if you are a barber and you cannot cut my hair because you're new, I don't blame you. You know, I would say I have a hard time cutting my hair if I were in my own shoe, you know. So, like, that kind of made me more, um, you know, it kind of made me more, it gave me more motivation, you know, to keep, okay, let's keep trying, you know, Joe does it like this. And I kind of realized, wait, I don't have hair like Joe, you know, so I'm like, okay, every hair is different. So, let's, let's keep trying. And I, I, that's when I looked at different hair vloggers and I learned more and uh, I, I got through to Silk Hair TV. And I saw they did videos with their haircuts. And that inspired me a little bit more, you know, along the way. And, and oh, I kept watching yeah, all of this. I kept trying on friends. Hey, I'm like, hey, I kind of have, kind of like this. And I mean, I don't know. I, I can't say for everyone. But if any of you have ever tried to tell your parents what you want to do from the bottom of your heart, most of the time, it gets shut down, put in the box and locked in the hole. You know? I, can't, and, I can't imagine like walking up to your dad or your mom and being like, hey, dad. I want to become a barber. Yeah. Like, I actually oh did man. that <laughs> when I was uh, 17. It was before SPM. My, it was, we were on the way to the car. My li- eh, No, sorry. We were in the car. on Like almost in my school. You know, my little brother was at the back. And I was like, all right, seriously, what do you want to do? Because he was talking about like being a helicopter pilot and a few more other things, you know, like, like options, you know. And then I looked at him dead in the eye and I said, I want to do hair. And my dad literally looked at me and he was just like, no. And I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that fast? You know, not even a, I'll think about it. You know, it's just a no. I was like, ah, oh, shit, I know that no. You know, and, and then I, I let it go, you know, for a while, you know, and I tried. My parents wanted me to do medical and I was kind of semi on track for that, but I gave up <clears throat> halfway. And uh, I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. It's just a super hard course, guys. Oh, my God. But uh, I did. Uh, I was supposed to do physiotherapy, you know, going in. And I was kind of gearing up for it, you know. I had my subjects lined up and all. And on my last semester, I got nutrition. And I took the subject, you know. That was like my last subject. I was like, oh, nutrition? Who doesn't know nutrition? You know, like, it's so easy, bro. You know, know what to eat, you know. So I took it. I was always my last my last semester. is It's going to be fun. And I actually, for the first time, I sat down and I looked up at the whiteboard. And I understood and I liked what I read. And I, and I was like, food, 
you know like like just what you eat it's not about it's not like it's not really those heavy heavy things like you know keto diets and all it is but it's kind of at the base of it is what you eat you know how you know how much do you eat your calorie deficit how you count it and i kind of liked all of that you know i, I was quite good at math but i always like to count something not just giving me an equation and doing it you know if you guys if anyone understands that you know and you know doing all that macro and micro a little bit you know that intrigued me more and more learning about diseases that example salmonella you know you don't cook your meat often or you thaw it for too long there are things that can happen to it and i'm like would a general person know this you know i'm like actually no you know some people would leave their meats out for an hour or two but would you know if you're in malaysia and is the temperature right compared to if you're in switzerland and is the temperature right for the same two hours you know i was like would anyone actually generally think like that they'll just think oh i left it for two hours and i'll leave it for two hours again you know and i thought hey i like this you know and I talked to my mom and dad, you know, I was like, can I do nutrition? I kind of took this class and I kind of really like it and I want to major in it. And my mom at that point, you know, they were quite, lean, they, were, they weren't they were so gung-ho about what my major was, you know, so they were like, huh, about like food, being a dietitian and all. That's actually not bad. My mom said like, like you know, people pay a lot of money to, to know what to eat, you know, at one point. Don't think of it now when we're young. Think of it when you're 40 or 50 and you're semi, you know, diabetic, you know, sorry to say, you know, but you know, they are Jesus. Yeah, there are people out there and I would like to help that, you know, like, like think of plans and all and something I can incorporate the lessons to myself every day, you know. And I think it was also my last semester, two months before, you know, I, I was just sitting, you know, sitting uh, on my balcony one day looking out and I was just thinking like, what am I doing with my life, you know, in that sense? I mean, it was just those deep thought moments, you know, one of those days. And I just thought, I want to do more, you know. I don't want to go to the States and just party and just, like, you know, do, do what I'm doing now, you know. And not, not be doing a little bit more, you know, and using my parents' money for everything. And all of that just hit at one point, you know. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to get a skill. Something I can do, like, like my hands do it and I make money. I thought, all right, heal me. You know, I talked to myself for a bit. I was like, what do you like to do? Hair. I was like, oh. I was like, how do you make money out of hair? Let's be real, you know. Make a product or a style or do people's hair, like a hairstylist, you know. I thought, making product. I actually did it for a while. And I will tell anybody that is thinking of starting any com cosmetic company or whatnot, be ready to put down money. Because experimentation and, and prototypes and whatnot, you will be burning a hole through the floor to the middle of earth before you freaking realize it. I said, oh my god, there was so much headache in just I remember trying. the times when you were just starting out your your, your hairspray product, the, yeah, the, the leave-in product. Yeah, yeah, I, I did yes. that for a while. And that, that got good feedback, but I kind of realized, you don't, I don't need my time, you know, I don't need, need to be serious. I, you know, I didn't want to half-ass it, give everyone a product that... that you know, would do half the job, you know, I wanted it to be complete. And I even had designs and all up for it, but I realized I was flying here. And at that time, uh, before doing the barbering, you know, while all of this started, I half of me did not want to fly off here, you know, or at least I didn't want to fly off yeah. before redeeming myself in a bit, you know. So I realized, okay, let's try cutting hair. So I went to Lazada and I saw this cheap-ass China brand clipper that cost about 60 ringgit. And um, I bought the scissors for 50 ringgit. So in total, I spent about 110, 120. I got a free cape with it. 
and I went to my friends. Uh, if you if anyone has been in Taylor's and all, you know we have a smoking area. We call it the cancer box, you know. And I went to the cancer box and I went all, hey man, you look like you need a haircut. <laughs> yeah, and I went to like twenty people that week, and only like five responded. You know, five did it, and. When I think back about those haircuts now, you know, I will say this recorded on the podcast. Thank you, thank you to everyone that took that shit haircut and just smiled and told me that was one of the greatest haircuts you ever gotten. You know, without that, I really wouldn't be here. You know, I knew I wasn't great, but people came for me. You know, and that was one thing you realize when you start something. You know, like when you really have something that. You have to start from zero, you know. Like, like you're not good at it, you know. I now, you know, people see me do my videos and whatnot. That that I kind of look like I'm steady, but there were a lot, a lot of times along the way I was confused, you know. Like if I show you guys the DMs I have with my barber friends that I've made some, some all over the world, some um, here and there, you know. Like I, I just ask them everything, you know. There were times. There was a time. Uh, I was on a messaging spree where I just hunted down online barbers that looked like they would reply you and they looked like they have experience, and I would just ask man because I I was here I was freaking out, and then I was like, oh I'm kind of a barber halfway around the world and I'm also a student I don't know what to do or this and that and some of them just said hey man you know like some of us haven't left the area some of them have and the ones that have just say you know I've left from here today and if you're hands do the work you know or if you have that discipline and determination and all you will still get the same you know the same level that you were you know wherever you are you'll still get you know you still get it the same day you know so yeah, I, I, i mean you, th- you think about it the what the hardest parts about starting a business or a company or, or a service is market sampling you just straight up walked into the scene, <laughs> the smoking yep. zone yep market <laughs> sampling you're right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that was hard, man. Along along the way, you know, you got some harsh criticism here and there. Um, after years, you realize, you know, people would say to you, "Yeah, man, that that actually wasn't one of, you know, that wasn't a great cut." You know, and along sometimes you maybe thought at that time, "Oh shit, maybe it was a great cut," and you know, I was just good. But along the way, you kind of realize, no, you know what, I was bad. You know, and you you we kind of real, I kind of realize, you know, I'm not the only one. You know, looking back at some great barbers out there. Um, a few of them that I I follow and talk to myself. A lot of them post their throwbacks, man, and they were just as clueless or like trying. You know, everyone was just trying for a time, you know. And um, and for a time, I think my best one was when like when Jihan uh Jihan came over that time. Uh, a lot of uh, my clients that I got was when I did a private my own private cut in my own house in my apartment in KL. And I would just charge like twenty bucks, twenty uh, ringgit, and anybody just you know just come and you know I'll cut you you know, uh, any any style any what, and I had about thirty people come in every month you know constantly, and um people actually were bringing more people and the only reason it didn't get any bigger was because I flew off to continue my study, and until today I still get messages and all people are still saying they want me to come back and all so, you know it's it's always heartwarming you know to know that. You know, you really left a mark on people. You know, and that that was what I set out on this journey for. You know, I might I might have um, twisted and turned a few times. You know, to figure myself out. Um, I was just saying to a friend uh, just now. Actually, I was on call, and uh, I was saying that for a time even I thought I could do it all. You know, like like I tried to jump here and there. While a few people told me to stay, but you know, you get a bit over your head. You know, so I try. 
but um but then you know knock got knocked down a few times you know you learn you learn to stay in your lane so now i'm just you know here cutting you know every day you know just trying to slowly make a connection with people yeah i think that's so you that's, you sorry I started going anyway. Uh, I mean, it's like it's crazy when you know, like um, when you were in tailors and stuff like that, and you were giving cuts. Like G would keep like bringing it up with me, you know, like oh, I, like I get my hair cut from Hilmi mm. and and stuff like that. But what I think what I'm like inspired with is the fact that you know that you stuck with it from the start. You know, like when you straight up when you decided just to go out and to like ask these people, uh, for this cut and all that, and then to stay with it and then slowly grow and get better with it, and then move to the states and still do it. Like I used to watch your Instagram videos of like the cuts you used to do there, and like you know, seeing yourself just Thanks, like, grow with it, it's, it's I'm really like it's amazing that you know you stuck with it and that you know like you want to do something with your skill set, you know, because not many people want to get back down to actual labor and and work like that, you know, like it's it's amazing. It's a skill set, like it's a whole thing. <laughs> that yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. That that I really appreciate those words. You know, like I. I think it. I I would say I'm honestly lucky, you know, because um I accidentally found you know something that, you no know, I I would it's yeah I would say like since I was sixteen you know since I I the first time I googled how to make a pompadour you know since then I it was always there you know I I I let I left it be for like three four years you know that's a long time you know for like two three years I I just left it be and again when I still talk thought about it from the bottom of my heart what I wanted to do and that was it. And at the start, it really wasn't for like money or fame, you know. To to be honest, you know, I there was even some small, um, here and there with you know my parents, you know, uh, about why I'm doing this because they were they were getting so scared that I wasn't gonna study, you know. And I I did understand that you know that for a parent to have put so much effort and money into into their child, you know, to try to make them study, and for you to for me to semi throw it away when I'm so close two years. To finishing away, you know, I, I I really understood that, you know, but I told my mom at that time, you know, I said, this has nothing to do with my study, you know, I kind of told her I need to do this to find myself, you know, like, like I we I had a heart to heart talk with with my mom, you know, it was a bit harder with my dad, but he came across at one point, you know, because my dad kind of he's a musician and also he kind of knows, you know, how the flow goes, you know, so I understand being a parent, you know, you. You know, you want the best for your child. You know, you you wouldn't want your child to make any mistakes along the way or mistakes that you yourself saw people do. You know, and I didn't understand that growing up. You know, because I guess when you're growing up, you just think everything's fine. You know, you don't really see everything. You know, and that includes you know a simple thing like bills to pay. You know, how how do you actually know how much your parents actually pay? Despite you can guess your house is worth this much, but do you know how much? Is inclusive of your water bill, electricity bill, grocery, your allowance, your sister or your brother, or how many you have, you know, for them to give back to your grandparents, or you know, there, there's just actually so many things our parents actually use their money on that we do not see, you know. And and as I got older, and you know, as I that one year, I guess it, it get, I guess it really struck me because my parents just kept saying the same thing, you know. It was like get your degree to to have a safety net, and I think. Our generation has a, you know, if I may say, like a bit of an obstructed view with that safety net, meaning that a lot of people think that safety net that when parents say safety net, it's in case you fail. No, it's not in, actually in case you fail. It's it's a door for you to open to somewhere else. And a lot of us, I think, you know, are trying so hard to please our parents. Like 
Example, let's just say you like to, um, you know, you like to make a game, you know, and but your parents ask you to take something like, like, um, let's say pharmaceuticals because you know you it, it's a good degree, you know, or even law or even engineer. But you kind of like to play games. You it's and it's to that level that you can say that I know the intricacy. You know, I know what company makes this, makes that, and that is all a knowledge, you know. And if you if you can, like, let's say you elevate that, you know, you're like, oh, I'm a sociable guy. You add that. Sociable gaming, what can you mix that with? You can actually become a gaming manager. You know, nowadays, there, there's things like esports, things like that. It's a trend. So you can actually think, don't think about it now when nothing's on. You know, you, you can see Dota, you know, things like that. They're raking in millions, you know. Imagine how much that manager is actually making from all that sponsorship, you know. I mean, just things like that, you know. They're, they have a house, people. They have a house, the game you know like like it's just things like that you know whoever thought uh, a gaming industry would be able to fund the house just like that you know just freely you know back in the day a parent would laugh at you man back then if you said yeah. to them you wanted to do games you know and even um pr- something as simple as printing has gone to 3d printers where china has has uh, machines that can build a house in in a few hours man you know that that's what i mean by by a little kid's dream is like oh I see the toy crane carry it and they thought and suddenly at one point it's like the crane would carry objects, you know. I mean, that, that's just what I mean, you know. Sometimes anybody's smallest, you know, whatever the way you think, you know, even like me, from trying to make a pompadour for myself, trying to other people, realizing I like to try it on other people. I mean, it's just things like that. You never know. If you like a car, you could be a good car salesman. Why? You know the words to mess people up, you know? No, sir, for this one, the exhaust boost is blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, there, there's so much actually that you can do with your passion and your skills, you know? But it's just, you need to kind of find the right angle, you know? I I know a few friends now that with um with CMCO and all, it's a, it's a very hard to get a job and all nowadays, you know? Let's be real, guys, you know? Nobody is is going to get a job they actually want nowadays. You kind of get have to get a job that's... As close as you can with a decent pay and hope to move on. You know, that's that, that's how it is. You know, I know friends that started their own business and still have to work part-time somewhere. I know people that trying to do business at home and trying and learning. You know, some I know friends that have an engineering degree but is doing baking. Friends that have a law degree but but is doing uh, cooking in that sense. You know, that everybody is just trying things, you know. And you can actually, I mean, it's not in a sense for me to compare but in a sense you can see who does it from the heart, you know. Because... You're doing. You're an engineering major. Why would you do baking? Because you like it. You know. I mean, it's just that obvious. You know. While people that I see some that have a business degree or a marketing degree, and you're working for a marketing company that isn't paying you as well because times are hard and they don't have a job, so you don't have anything to do. So you're feeling stuck. You know. So so, but a year ago, or two years ago, you know, your parents would have been like, "Oh shoot, you're gonna graduate in a year and you're gonna get the job. You're gonna make so much money." Whatever it's gonna pay off, and boom, you know, no one, no one really, really expected any of this to happen, you know. And even for me as a barber, um, uh, people aren't coming to cut, man. I'll be real, bro. Like, um, uh, instead of coming once a month, everyone is coming once every two months, you know. And yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. That's a far. I was gap. just about to ask you, right? Like, because of the end, because of the of the of the the COVID nineteen pandemic, right? Like, how has that affected? Uh, how many people? How often do people come cut? Yeah. Um, yeah, that is one in a duration that um, mentally people are like, yeah, I can get it later because everyone is so used to having their hair cut longer and people are so used to 
just leaving it longer. You know, bosses are not minding longer cuts and whatnot because everybody understands that everyone's trying to lengthen processes to reduce COVID. You know, like even like me, I haven't went to my barber for about four to six months actually since now. I've been only cutting my own hair at home and I'm lucky because I know certain ways and intricate things on how to do, but uh, certain people would not. And even during the lockdowns, you kind of saw some funny videos of people trying to cut their own hair. And uh, they, they mess it up here. There, there may or may and, not be uh, someone on yeah. this call right now who attempted to do so. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that I did a good job cutting my hair. <laughs> you you got to try on yourself to know, man. You know, like I, I think because of that, like a lot of people, especially girls, you know, they, they girlfriends that try to cut their boyfriend's hair and etc. You know, both sides realize, you know, like, oh shit, this is not something you can do in a day. And maybe they were like, oh, you know what? Maybe next month, they'll get better at it. No, that does not happen, guys. Okay, if you're not cutting every single day, you know, you're not. You know, coming from someone that, that's really trying to do it, and I'm just cutting once or twice a week, and and to provide you know the the level that I do, it's actually quite hard you know to really remember every step that I do, the system that I do, the height, it's like, and the angles and whatnot because there's specific things to do. It's actually quite hard you know if you don't do it every single day you know like like when you do, of course you get so much better you know because you're practicing it you know every day. But um yeah that that's one thing like that I think people are it it's something you know people overlook. You know, with barbering, they, they think like, oh shit, it's just a job. You know, it's just a, you know, it's just potong rambut lah, bro. You know, it's just cutting hair, man. And then boom, bro, orang empat bulan cannot potong rambut, boss. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I think like that, that, that also comes from the, from the very Malaysian mindset. Like, much I'm like, when I was a kid and like, uh, the only place I go to ha- get haircuts is from the Indian matcha barbershop. Mm-hmm. It is like the only, only barbershop that I know. Right, yep. and their yep. haircuts are yep. always, almost always basic lah. Like you undercut yep. ke, yep. or undercut. you cut really short. It was yep. not until I came to uni and I discovered that you know people actually put more effort and more effort, make yeah. more detailed, more intricate haircuts, yep. and it just fed in well in that timing that I met you. And then I also discovered that I was also like started watching Blue Man, I started watching Slick Hair at the time, and I was like, what these people make such gorgeous haircuts? Such gorgeous haircuts. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that's very true, man. I think also one reason because during school, you know, you don't get a lot of long hairstyles. You know, it teaches us, you know, to, to make it short. You know, the the like the trend in the high in the primary school to secondary school hair onwards was just not as high, especially um with with uh with schools asking you to be botak and all at one point. You know, as I knew. Um, it it got very hard for people to actually care about their hair. I knew I know some guys that when I knew them in school and they had to be bald, they weren't as great looking. But suddenly now when they have hair, you know, I'm like, yo, y'all, y'all didn't look like this back then, man. I was like, okay, hair, but, uh, hair, hair makes a difference, you just, bro. You, you just you just offended like a whole bunch of people. Oh, dude, if you all have hair now, you all go look in the mirror, and if you all look good. Go find a great barber. Trust me, guys. If y'all think growing hair look make already makes a difference, get a great haircut, guys. Okay, I'm not putting anyone down. I'm trying to bring y'all up, man. Let's go, guys. You know, you know, just to, just to give you some some perspective, right? So my my dad is bald, okay, and he has been uh-huh. bald for a while, and that's by choice. Like he he likes okay, having okay. a a bald. Uh, having a, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and he has this uh, this this picture frame that he keeps in our study room, right? Mm-hmm. That says, uh, "God made all heads bald, the ugly ones he covered with hair." <laughs> You see, I think that comes with confidence, bro. Because if you think, if you really, really think you can pull life off without hair, then my man, you know, like if you want to be Dwayne The Rock Johnson right there, you know, go ahead, my G. You know, because I, th- I think that takes real confidence, bro. Because I, I myself know I cannot pull off being bald because I have such a weird head shape. You know, and, and, and it's especially that knowing that when you're a barber, people have head shape. And I'm like, you, you don't really know what your head looks like. Some, you know, some people, you know, you've never seen yourself bald. So, and the minute you do something like that, man, it's gone. You know, like I, I have an uncle who, who's bald as well. And until today, I never really understood that. But he always says it's easier to shampoo it. That was the excuse he's given me until today. And I do understand that, you know. I'm like, I mean, I, there, there's nothing yeah. to shampoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you save so much money, bro. I'll be real, man. You you save so much on hair care, you know, like you're not there's no shampoo, there's no oiling, you don't need to go to the barber and ask to wash. Okay, the washing maybe you still do. I mean, you, you still kind of have to wash, but like there's no conditioner. There's there, no conditioner. You save money on like haircuts, uh, <laughs> hair products. Hair, hair products, yeah, exactly. No, really, like uh, taking care of your hair is actually expensive, you know, and there's a lot of things you need to do. If you, you know, I know a lot of guys out there buy head and shoulders and all, but um i i myself try my best to use like all natural um all natural hair products and all and i tell a lot of my clients out there and uh, a lot of them have changed their ways to buying like herbal essence and whatnot i'm not saying they're the most you know like 100 percent the best out there but it's want to make you know you starting at the point that you want to take care of your hair you know having hair care because um, having hair products, having expensive, you know, hair care. Because when you buy head and shoulders and all, it's a pack for like 20, 30 ringgit. And suddenly when you want to buy these expensive ones like Herbal Essence and whatnot, you end up forking like 40, 50 ringgit, you know. And, and that's when they start coming to me and they're like, dude, it's actually so expensive, you know. How is how do you maintain it, you know, because they know I do it so often, you know. And I say, like like, uh, like even was saying just now, knowledge, you know. And I think that's one of the things we as barbers or, or stylists, whatever field they're in, you know, you should have a level of knowledge that you know in a, sci- a slightly scientific sense, you know, that you can explain to people that helps. So like me, I'm always telling that, um, so when you do have a shampoo and a conditioner, the shampoo will take the oil out of your hair and the conditioner puts the oil back in, like healthy oils, you know, because sometimes you got dirt, you got rain, you got sweat, there could be so many things, you know, in your hair and uh, you need that balance. When you have one, and you don't do the other, you know, like, uh, when you, especially when you just shampoo. A lot of guys out there, I'm calling everyone out, you know, in this. A lot of guys out there just shampoo and they don't condition. I'm sorry if any of you do this, you know, <coughs> let's just take this as a chance to learn, boys. Okay, this is a chance to learn. Please condition your hair. All you ladies that have these nice conditioners, please smack it to your boyfriend's face. Okay, and make sure they do it together. You know, because a lot of guys do, they will just tell me they're lazy. You know, I, I'm like, I understand it, man. But when you don't, when you don't do it, you know, it, your hair health goes down, you know, because when you, when you don't shampoo, when you don't condition, sorry, and you only shampoo, your hair, um, your hair tells your brain, hey, send some more, send some more oil. And when it does, uh, Malaysia, uh, the hair melting point, sorry, the hair, the heating point of our natural hair oils is actually very low, you know, and especially in Malaysian weather where it's quite, 
um, you know, it's quite hot, you know, so it would sizzle. And that's why after you shower sometimes and you don't condition, you feel like, why does my hair feel like Bruce Dawai? You know, or it just scruffles or, or you feel like, like it's just sandy. And now that's because you didn't condition it. And your natural hair oil that your hair has sent has already frizzled up and, you know, it's been burnt, you know, in that sense. And at the, in the long run, you know, it, it does make the hair die out faster. So one thing I always recommend people is doing alternate days. So every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one day you do it, one day you don't. And clients have came back to me months later, even when I stroke their hair, it's not as bristly, you know, it's more smooth. I just need to spray water a few times and I spray through it, you know, and it does get better. And until today, you know, I hear um, they're still doing it. And some even went on to find better products, you know, and I think that's the point. Of, of being a barber and sharing knowledge is you don't need to totally change someone and make them a hair fanatic you know but for me if you take that time to realize hey this is better and i followed some steps and i feel my hair is better i i think that's a win for you already you know you, you don't you don't you know no one's asking you to be a l'oreal paris model the next day with your hair you know yeah. I think about about two years ago, Yuvan and I also like just started paying more attention to our hair. Like Yuvan and I used to discuss what products would be good for our hair. You you find like the most natural products, sea salt. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, do you remember yep. Yuvan? We would use the the yeah, husk husk brand husk hair spray, sea, sea salt spray. Oh, that was a legendary yeah. product. Yeah, they discontinued it here. I know that one. And then, oh my yep. god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's there's not a lot of products in Malaysia that do a good sea salt spray, man. Like, like honestly I, I myself tried it and that's why I did my brand because I saw a shortage in it anybody that bought sea salt spray would be um, an international brand that was either a lot more expensive or I'm like man I can sell it like a quarter of this and, and it will have actually the same effect all those other words and all I'm like it's not like wrong but it's just like a sea salt spray at the base of it is just something you spray in quickly and blow dry and it will help you know or something like that you know and that's one thing where product knowledge doesn't come in. I realize in Malaysia, like a lot of people, not to say you get duped, but it's like they don't know, you know, what a good hair product is or how much it actually costs to make an all natural good hair product. Most ranging around even 90 ringgit, I would say, if you're international and if your local products about 60 ringgit, you know, a jar. But most people just go with the 20, 20 ringgit, 5 ringgit, even, you know, they go for the low end products and. You know, it's not that I want to say that they're bad and all, you know, or whatever. Everyone has a free choice. You buy what you want if it's in the supermarket and all. I will never, in a sense, judge. But I would step in when it comes to hair health, you know, when when products have um, certain things like paraben and all that does deteriorate their health and, and you know, make your, make your hair go a bit bad, you know, over time. So that's when I try to advice the customers or clients when they start to tell me like hey man my my hair starts feeling dry you know so so the part in consultation for me comes in on that where you, they start asking you know if you use that product and you have zero complaint your whole life i'm not going to say anything to you you're not going to say anything to me we'll leave it there you know but if you start asking me hey man i think i'm willing to put more money in then we'll have a real talk you know so i i think like you know all of that takes time with people you know no one's no one's gonna like get into things right away you know i really mm-hmm. realize that yeah. yeah that's that's beautiful insight from you hilmi thanks for sharing your your journey as a, not just a barber but also becoming a student in the culinary arts when you're telling me that story that reminded me of an anime that i watched called shokugeki no soma like yes, yeah. it's so great. 
it's so important right all the little little things like the the the, the, the climate the temperature the where you are what yeah. you're cooking everything matters and yeah. uh thanks for sharing your story with us we are really happy to have you on uh on the show yeah, no and, uh, and we hope to have you on future shows too no, for real, I guys. think I think I your journey, you your journey, like to to come to like learn your passion and to stick with it and how you grew to learn on it and stuff like that. I think it's very inspiring. And to anybody who's listening and who's still listening here, like I think it is a very inspiring story. You know, for you to just go out there and and try out. You know, like when you when you first bought your like invested one hundred and twenty ringgit and you walked to the 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 cancer yep. zone or secret zone, whatever tailor people call it, <laughs> and and you yep. went there like that that I, first step. I think I think I think I hope this story inspires a lot of people. <laughs> to take their first step into like starting this yeah I, yeah i hope like that was the main thing you know i came out like to to kind of share with people that like you know and and here i've actually done a lot you know like, like i you know like i talk a lot but that's because you know i do try a lot and nothing comes easy in life you know and you know you kind of got to work for your things yeah Thanks for uh, inspiring all our listeners. Thanks for sharing your story. No problem, man. I hope to be here again, guys. You for know, sure. And oh my god. If you know there's yeah there's anything else, please don't hesitate to message me for anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually wanted to ask you. Do you want to plug your your social media so that people can find you oh, yeah. to see your videos? You know? Forgot about that. If you all, uh, my my most active one is Instagram, so I'll just put that there. If anyone wants to find me, it's Hilmi the Barbarian. <laughs> oh, I remember that name. Uh, yeah, yeah. If to spell it. Um, The, just the barbarian part, B A R B E R I N. So it's like barber and I A N. Yeah, big brain moment there. Do you do you yeah. do you remember like us discussing that name? Like, do you remember us coming yeah, up with yeah, that yeah, name together? It. Yeah, I actually asked that with Jihan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Jihan talk a lot of weird things. Trust me, guys. <laughs> you all don't want to know. <laughs> no, you all don't. <laughs> Alright, yeah. guys. Uh, thanks for listening up to this far, and we hope to catch you in our next episode. Until yeah, then, take care, guys. Bye.